Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This is episode 25. I thought I got to 25. You probably thought they were bored by now and some of you might have because I haven't done one in a few. Uh, obviously, there's been some things I've had to do, one of which is to be taking this live, which was always the ambition of me to try and move this to, to a live scenario, which I did successfully. Maybe? No, I don't know. It's difficult to say. There were some people laughed, some people told me to fuck off, some people didn't, so we'll see. It was at the uh, the Bullfrog Bash, uh, which I'll go into later, there's probably another time, another podcast for the whole story behind that. But needless to say, I did it, I, I, as I always say on these podcasts, uh, you know, if you do something you want to do, do the thing. It's Kevin Smith's mentality, the whole kind of just get it done, just get yourself out there, it might be shite, that's fine. And the ball of pots I did think was shit about it and didn't work. I just work into this next one, try and get better, try and make it something a bit more interesting the next time. But it was an interesting experience, and so much that I've continued to to be booking myself into doing shows, which, speaking of, is I have one coming up on August the 10th. That's uh, this upcoming Friday, August the 10th. I'm at EBGB's in Liverpool, supporting several bands, doing a live version of the Spoken Metal Show with this very special guest, uh, um, JJ. JJ is the or was, because they closed it now, was the resident DJ of the Crazy House. Um, A man that, if you've had a, a night out in Liverpool with any kind of rock or metal leanings, was uh, probably your soundtrack to you getting drunk in the, in the, in the place that was the Crazy House. We all have memories of there. So... If you want to come along, I'm going to ask him a whole bunch of questions. We're going to talk about metal until they tell us to fuck off, so not very long. But if you want to check that out, there's tickets still available. That's August the 10th uh, at EBGB's, and I'll try and keep you up to speed with the other shows that we're doing as well. The eventual thing is that once I I, I either uh, realise I'm not funny or to get to the point where we <laughs> the, 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 no one's even listening, which is probably where we're already at, I will, I, I will maybe... Move it from us to the, the, the support bands to an actual live show, which takes place in its own area and its own thing, where I talk to a number of people and it becomes a thing. But I'm working on the format of how the show works at the moment. Me just standing up, I'm not funny enough or intelligent enough to do an entire stand-up show. So it's more of a show where I do what I do with this, this spoken metal show. So that's uh, that's what's uh, kind of where I'm going from now. I'm also due on a few other people's podcasts, which I'll keep you informed of. Well, trying to spread some of the the, the love. Uh, uh, love of my love of metal, and um, the next thing that will be coming up will be a Bloodstock special. Uh, Bloodstock's very, very important place to me because it's absolutely superb place, uh, truly one of the homes of metal in this country, maybe the world. But we'll get into that when I do the podcast. That'll be the next one, episode twenty-six, which I'll try and cut as soon as I can. But today's episode, episode twenty-five, twenty-fifth anniversary, uh, if you will, even if you're on twenty-five, doesn't fucking mean anything. But twenty-five is Stuart Wright. Stuart Wright's been a real long friend of mine a long, long time. He is a lampy, a lighting director, uh, 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 whatever you want to call it. Um, he's the guy that makes sure the lights look as good as they do. Uh, fascinating insight into into what goes on in that world. Um, and uh, as always, Stuart's a very articulate, intelligent person, so he really kind of helps me, who who isn't, understand what goes on and, and how the fuck does that work and 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 is like touring life as glamorous as everybody thinks spoilers it's not but it, it's just a fascinating incense for someone who if you if you just purely into music because he talks about bands that are not necessarily metal as well as, as metal bands because that's his forte but also for someone who is into lampian and lights um would, would i'm sure we'll find this interesting and certainly someone who's crewing and touring will also find it probably quite interesting as well 
Um, so that was, it's quite a nice set, just under an hour long. I thought we got a lot, a lot of stuff covered, and I'd definitely like to have them on again. Um, but yeah, I'll cover some stuff near the end of this. But here's my conversation with Stuart Wright. Enjoy, Mr. Wright. Yeah. What do what do we what do we what what's your job title? Could you have a job title uh, when you're doing everything? Yeah, at the moment I'm kind of a, a lampy, okay. sort of like a, a lighting technician. Ah, for the uninitiated, yeah. lampy is lighting technician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I look after sometimes dimmers, which right. they're not dimmers anymore so much because yeah. in days of park hands and there was dimmers, it was like we've 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 already gone. You know that that scene in, in the American Revolution where it's like uh, stay on the path, lads, and and the lads talking. We already lost whatever very small crowd I have. Straight away, dimmers <laughs> and park hours. We, we, you're going to have to explain. So, what's a dimmer? To someone who's watching a show, what's a dimmer? Well, basically, it's kind of like a, a dimmer is kind of a big rack of equipment right. that plugs into some pretty heavy duty mains, like 400 yes. volts. And um, this kind of like the old 80s park and rigs that you get, you know, the, like the Iron Maidens, the ACDCs, and that sort of stuff where you see tons of, like, of lights flashing away. These big banks of lights that you see, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was back in the days when it was like it was on dimmers and stuff like that. So um, nowadays it's more kind of what they call intelligent lighting and okay. moving lights. So they don't require dimmers, they just requ require hard power. So I look after all aspects of that from basically plugging it into the wall to making it flash in the roof. See now the thing that's fascinating to me about lampies is that um, you can be a sound guy and the sound can have to, every so often things can, can fuck up, you can have little bits go wrong, you can do any sort of facets of the, the, the front of house but the lampy, if you get to that wrong, it really stands out because it's light. It's yeah. it's so if there's no light, you know, or the lights, you know, it, yeah. it's so easy to, to to fuck that up because it's it's literally the whole thing's on front street. It's like th these are the lights. You're in charge of what the band. It's like yeah. you're in charge of the you're the person who dresses the band before they go out. If you know what I mean? It's like if you yeah. if you forget to put pants on the lead singer, it's shit. You, you can't hide. <laughs> yeah. So. What I like to do is I like to go back and kind of figure out how we got to be a lab because you've you've worked with some great acts. You know, they yeah. said, you, what have you been out with recently? I just come back from the Offspring. Yeah, it's just huge. Them. These are, I yeah. imagine, some Fezzi shows and some headline stuff. Yeah. This is like, this is not just in, uh, in, in, a, in a big hall. This is like huge, huge sort of lighting shows, isn't yeah. it? Like, you know, in a festival as well, especially at night, is a huge undertaking for a lampy like. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to me just to kind of scale it back and go back to where it kind of, because we've known each other a long time. Yeah. Go back to when we uh, we kind of like first met. But then before that, is what's your first kind of introduction to music? Do you know? Um, it's, yeah, it does go back a long way for me. I started playing drums when I was about seven, so that was yeah. like I was. I've always wanted to do music or something to do with music. I, I had ambitions of being a professional musician. Sure, and obviously. Is there a crew member <laughs> in the world who guy who hasn't? I think you can't. It's a prerequisite, isn't it? Like, what was the band you were in? It's the first yeah. question yeah. you ask everybody on a bus. Is that yeah? When you were in that band, yeah. Yeah, and when the iPod lead goes round, <laughs> yeah. everyone plays their stuff from years back. Oh, yeah. This is me. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's it works both ways. I, mean, I, I, I worked with a, a tech a guitar tech, and it's, it, the band he was in. Uh, the, every time they, like, somebody wanted to rhythm, they would put all of his. He had like two albums and stuff. <laughs> he was so embarrassed. It's like yeah. the eighties and stuff. He looked totally different. Yeah. Like. 
So you, uh, the first sort of stirrings of music, what would that have been then for you? Um, just trying to get in a, well, it's probably the same for everybody, just trying to get in a, in a high school band, that kind of sure. thing, and trying to make something happen. Why, why drums? Why did you want to hit things for a living? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I think my me, me dad was a guitarist, Okay. so um, he saw me air drumming in the back of the car to like, die straight. And he's and like... like yeah, he might have an attitude for that. He might be able to do it. And yeah. um, they started me off on a little sort of like really sort of t- toy drum kit almost. Yeah, and I beat the living shit out of it. Yeah, it was fucking yeah. Ace yeah. And um, yeah, saved up and saved up, and bought a proper five piece kit, and then just kind of went from there. Got in bands. Got so what was the what was the first? I I've had some great first bands. Like what was the first band you were in when you were like <laughs> was, high school? Yeah, so yeah, was, yeah. We were playing sort of lunch times and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Trying to put gigs. There's little rooms. Like, of these yeah. Yeah. To clan, yeah. yeah, I yeah. used to turn up too loud and stuff. <laughs> yeah. and just have a yeah. Do you remember what they were called? Yeah, we called it Fusion. <laughs> you just called Fusion. Fusion. So, like, you yeah. do your first gig and there's loads of jazz guys saying that it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, was that what, what, what was style was that? Was that like, that was that metal? Was it rock? Was it everything? It was just like, what the hell? Was it just covers? Or? Yeah, it was just covers at that point yeah. um, because we had a girl singer and there was you know the usual restrictions she can't sing certain things and then yeah, yeah. Other, I mean we were like 14, 15 so sure. you know just, just kind of like thrashing out whatever we could like Johnny Be Good and shit like yeah, that because yeah. you just want to make that's the thing I think people always think like miss maybe when they're talking about now now people are like well we're going to start a band it's going to be a, a deathcore grind metal band <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be that and it, okay so we'll all work into that it's like well done do you want a, a bit to kind of figure out what we're doing what if it doesn't sound like that what, do we stop you know it's, yeah. it doesn't have that organicness so like you know sometimes it's good I think that's missing maybe a little bit where kids all go into a room and just fucking for the sheer love of making a loud noise yeah, making that loud it. noise you know yeah. so we go from that then so is there a string of bands uh, um, well I kind of um, you know you go through the usual careers advice and yeah. you know you say what you want to do and what did you say you wanted to do I said I wanted to be a sound engineer and they went wow that's pretty close to where it ends up yeah it, you know? it kind of is and um, she this this careers woman just kind of like oh yeah I've got loads of stuff on engineering and she starts wow. bringing up like milling operator hold on a careers advice it was actually helpful. I think mine said there should have been a car salesman. <laughs> she didn't have a clue what sound engineering was. Right, so but she, she got just, a little pamphlet that says sound. <laughs> she was okay. You do yeah, that. Yeah, she just got like a oh, there's a is a like a press operator and machinist and all this kind of stuff. I was like, right. no, no, I don't want to do the oily stuff. It's, it's oh right, yeah, yeah, it. didn't understand. What, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so I went on to do A level from school. And okay. Got into Salford University doing sound and video technology. Wow. And uh, did a HND in that. And it's been all about sort of music or live ever since. Um, so when did you first play live then? Um, was it the usual pub thing? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Doing covers bands, doing yeah. all that sort of stuff. Do some original uh, bands and stuff like that. Um, so I got into doing. I got through university and I always sure. wanted to record my own band's album. Sure. And kind of nailed that with Zaprowski. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking ball doing that. Yeah. And. Um, so it kind of went from there so I, um, I started working at recording studios and stuff as a tape operator because okay. I was still t- on tape back then for the, for the, for yeah. the children out there they used to record yeah. on things called tapes believe yeah. it or not uh, these two spooled things and, and then when you wanted to edit it there was no drag and drop or cut and paste there was none of that you had to cut it and put it together like yeah. it is wow if you watched the making of the Black Album Year and a Half and the Life of Metallica uh, Randy uh, yeah, yeah he's, and he's got a razor blade yeah, that's, that's it so that sort of 
dark art shit. See what 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 what, what the, the listeners maybe don't know is that uh, Stu's one of those guys who is always listening. You can tell that he's a very calm guy, but it's always listening. He's always picking a lot of stuff up. He's exactly who you want when you're on tour because you don't want someone who's like, I don't know what's going on. This is on fire. <laughs> Stu's very much that guy. See. You started producing almost like it sounds like out of necessity. I want to hear my band live. I want to. I'm a band I'm in. Need to produce it so I can do that. Because then, then yeah. you kind of, everything seems to happen by necessity. Yeah. So I kind of I learned a lot of tricks and learned a lot. Well, learned me trade essentially in, yeah. in a studio in Manchester um, for basically no money. And it got to the point where I, was, I couldn't afford to keep tra- traveling back to. Uh, Manchester when I finished yeah. me me qualification and stuff that was like ninety seven. Wow, and um, so I went to a studio in Warrington and carried on being the sort of house engineer working right. with sort of like bands who'd come in and say they want to record a, a sure. demo or whatever. And it kind of went from there, and he ended up um, setting up a recording studio with a guy, um, and we had a load of rehearsal rooms. Um, and it's kind of the business model that the studio wasn't making any money, so. Right. The rehearsal rooms were basically feeding, funding that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we were sort of the idea was to give recording time away to the bands as an incentive for them to get a rehearsal. Yeah, room. yeah, yeah. And that worked pretty well. Um, business partner had a bit of a penchant for cocaine, and okay. he, he went, okay. he went a bit. Of what kind of was just cocaine in the music industry? <laughs> <laughs> we might be yeah. breaking something yeah. here, like yeah. yeah. So that so that that sounded like it, it started in a, in a good place, and then it maybe really didn't did. didn't go to a, a great place after that. Yeah, well, it, it got really tough. We bought right. we bought like a, a mortgage on a, an industrial unit in wow. Warrington. It was like it was that's big, a real investment. Yeah. yeah, it was it was like telephone number sort of. Yeah, because it's like people mortgages are for houses, not for yeah. businesses. You know, so yeah. it's a lot of money. It's like buying your first house. It's, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, well, we basically bought this semi derelict, yeah. um, like business unit, yeah. um, and started building rehearsal rooms in it. And wow. Started building a recording studio, and it it went really well. And then obviously various habits got involved. And yeah, it went very pear shaped very quickly. Wow. So I sold a part of that because um, yeah. it was just. It but you learnt a lot of lessons though from that, like you know. Definitely, yeah. So I can say she's a very calm, collected guy. I've had the uh, the displeasure of seeing him when he's not been calm and collected. So <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine that it must have been it must have been a difficult time. But what a what a, a great place that's coming from that you're going to listen, guys. Come and record, uh, come and practice here, and I'll record you for free and stuff. And we'll try. That's a real, yeah. you know, <clears throat> you're not going to find that too often anymore. You know, maybe because some people think this is another fallacy I want to kind of get over before we get to the lighting thing is that people think now, well, you can record everything in your room now. Now, yeah. I, you, you can, you can, yeah. that is that is very true. I can take a guitar and, and all the condiments and bits and pieces and, and agreements of, 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 of a song and put it together in a studio, and that's the song. I can do that. But there's a reason why even now the Rolling Stones, Metallica, (laughs) they all go into a studio. There's a reason, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, That was one of the reasons I was basically giving the time away because people were, you know, were buying M-boxes or doing it on the computer and doing it themselves thinking, can't be that hard, I can have a crack at this. And as you say, it's like, you've got to have a sort of a greater knowledge sometimes of how to mic something up. Yes. You mic it up. And then you've got the whole sort of dark art of production. Um, I did recently, a guitarist just kind of said, oh, well, oh, I've done my guitar tracks, there you go, can we just import them? It's like, yeah. well, no, because the quality isn't there, you've got to raise the standards, you've got to kind of listen to what you're playing and, and really sort of drill down into what you're doing. And I ended up sort of working with him and just, 
you know, introducing to him to a whole different area mm. of production, like mm. overlaying sounds, playing with textures, and just stuff that he just hadn't even thought. Because that's what a, that's the what a producer should do. Often, like the, the misconception is, a producer sits behind a desk, twiddles some faders, and then that's it. But the producer will, will go, okay, that's great. But what about if it's in halftime? What about if we have uh, two guitars playing that? What if we uh, double track that? What if we you know what if we yeah. harmonise this? What about you know and it, and offers up this whole sort of like a what if scenario yeah. you know and that's why you know people spend a lot of money in studios because in order to get where you need to be you say like the Black Arms are a really good example of that now you know for people that love or hate that album it was still one of those moments where Bob Rock turns around and goes I get what you've done I get what you've done with Master of Puppets and Lightning I get what you've done there but what about if we do this. What about if we just concentrate on getting that great drum sound? You know, what about if we go, we bring the bass in that was missing from Justice? What about if we, <laughs> yeah. we, we pull that? What about if it's melodic? And what about this? What about if you actually sing? Yeah. And, every, and, and then there, there must have been a period where they were like, that's ridiculous. But then that's the commercially, at least it's a very most successful album yeah. because they were offered up a selection of options from a producer. Yeah, um, that's it. I mean, it's you get because it's your music. You're very passionate about it. Very attached to it. Yeah. And people kind of like don't always see the bigger picture. Don't think outside the box. And it's, it needs an external person to come in and say, as you say, what about doing this? What about overlaying that? What about you know? And people who, who've written a song kind of get stuck in a rut with it. And it's it's all they hear. They just hear those parts. Yeah. And it takes somebody to see Step the wider yeah, yeah, wider yeah. thing and just say, well, try that there because that fucking really kick ass. Yeah. Or do this there, and it just suddenly snowballs, and they suddenly get out of that rut and start going, fucking hell, this yeah, whole world here. Yeah. Well, that's why a lot of the, the, the like the greatest producers out there, are, you know, ask a lot of money because that's what they'll do. They're sometimes, you know, you always hear about a, a band that's kind of a little bit washed up going in with a great producer, and suddenly the career's alive again because he yeah. does that. Where yeah. he's like, okay. You know, listen, your playing's at this level, but we we can go to, to this level. Yeah. You know, you think like you know, Bob Rock's an interesting example because he did like Motley Crue, he did Doctor Feelgood, and before then, Motley Crue were a fucking mess. Yeah. They were a mess. Yeah. And if you, it's funny as well thinking about it. There was the anniversary of uh, Killer Moore. I think it's like thirty five years, 30, 35 years old. I think it was, which is ridiculous. And I went back and listened to the album, and it's not very well produced. Yeah. So it's everybody, <laughs> but it's absolutely fucking yeah. awful. It's yeah. all scooped, and it's all kind of like, there's no mid to be found. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's real. But I mean, the songs are great because the songs are great, but you listen back and you're like, wow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then, like with, like with Motley Crue, the first couple of albums are just a, a, a mess, but the great songs. And then he gets hold of them, and all of a sudden, like, everything's just pulled together. Yeah. You know? That's a real art, that, especially, like you say, to distance yourself from um, not playing as well it's hard because you gravitate to your own part I'm just listening for the vocals I'm just listening for the bass yeah. whatever it may be Is, did, did you did you find yourself becoming a better drummer because you improved as a producer I think so yeah because you, you sort of I started playing to click tracks and stuff yes, there, was, yeah. there was a one band I was in that um, there was always arguments we'd watch stuff back on camcorder and stuff like that and it'd be like, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was you know dragging and rushing and all yeah. the rest of it and I was like right, okay well I'm going to start get my head into playing to click track and it tightened up the band unbelievably and it yeah. suddenly started making the band sound high level yeah, 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 yeah. it stepped it up yeah. and um, it's a skill that's definitely worth doing for any musician do you find like your uh, your people skills improved yeah, oh, it's totally—it's yeah. it's all psychology. Yeah, because if someone goes like, in and they play this 
solo <laughs> and it's and it, and to them they've been working on it in their house for months and it's brilliant and you go okay what else you got you know it's yeah. like you have to kind of yeah you've got to kind of you've got to dress it up you've got to be polite to people <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say what the fuck were you thinking yeah it's got to you've got to kind of like right okay well you've got to dress it up you, you, can, yeah. you know it's like shitting on some of these frosties yeah. <laughs> I imagine okay must be the best thing that they're like the most often said thing about producers that they were like some place will get up just goes okay uh, let's try yeah. okay let's try okay yeah, so let's go back and back and go yeah I imagine the people skills kind of must yeah. have uh, must have improved then so when did they go from then so now you're playing fairly regularly in a band anyway so you're getting a live experience did you how you involve yourself just to set up with the drums I know the drums is probably the most complicated thing to set up but did you kind of set up the drums and then speak to the sound guy did you have you know did you kind of see it now you're playing like sort of better level gigs with a, a yeah. more fully functioning <laughs> band did you find yourself going okay I'm listening for monitors now or did you just concentrate on the drums no you do you do see the bigger thing because yeah. it's kind of like you it's like looking into the matrix once you've seen it you, yeah, you can't yeah, not yeah. see it you can't kind of ignore because your ears have like been switched on now yeah, you know, so you're going to hold on that kicks that's not right like yeah. you know and that's yeah and then yeah. you can start to hear the, the little the inter- intricacies in what's going on yeah, yeah and it's you can speak a language to like a monitor engineer that's you, the secret because you it? can hear the frequencies that you're used to in the studio so you yeah. can listen to a wedge or a drum mix or a guitar mix on stage and you can say you know, cut like one two five out of that, or you know, one yeah. k two five, and he'll go, "Oh right," and all of a sudden he'll go, "What?" I, I remember the first time I heard that speak, yeah, because I hadn't heard it before. I was working with uh, Paulie in, in Fozzy, and he was doing a sound check, and he was like, "A couple of DBs up." Put it down up, and I I could not tell the difference. And yeah. he went, "Okay, split the difference," and you're yeah. like, "It's all the same." But he, yeah. he obviously his ears are switched on, and, and he could hear those little things. Now, so you became did you become a bit more sort of cognitive of that process? And you you learn yeah. to speak, yeah, the yeah, and, and stuff. And the people that you're working with, like the front house engineer or the monitor engineer, suddenly realise that you might have an inkling on what you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. suddenly there's a different level of respect. You're not just yeah. some shite band that's just walked in off the street. You're yeah, like, yeah. fucking hell, these lot nice. He understands. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, we when when does it go into being, obviously you'll do shows and you'll travel in, in vans and cars and whatever. When did it go from being, um, you went to sort of the tour inside of the world then, did you, was it still uh, with drums? Did you drum tech for a bit? I imagine um, a drum tech was something you'd, 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 you'd yeah, easily move into. I did. I did drum tech in, uh, for a tour when I came out of uni in like 97, 98, yeah. something like that. So I did a little bit of drum tech in. And then it's just, it's one of them weird sort of paths where if you never say no to something, yeah. you end up from God knows oh, where yes. you end up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like um I call it freelancers Tourette's. So, yes. So if somebody says, "Oh, do you want to work?" you go, "Yes." You and then you go, yes. "Oh yeah, fuck, yeah. I meant no." Yeah. And it's like so it just it just kind of snowballs and leads you yeah. to all kinds of places. And so did you did you enjoy tacking doing the drum tech and stuff? Was that interesting in itself? Being kind of like to the side and watching someone else and and it, getting involved with yeah, that? Yeah, it was interesting and stuff like that. Um, the, the first time I did drum teching, I was looking after three drummers on a festivals tour. Wow. Um, and they're the toughest ones because they're throwing goes and you're like you're setting yeah. up and it's never right and it's never you, the monitor's like listen no monitors this show and you're like okay or yeah. you know this doesn't work or you know a head breaks or whatever and, you know it's 
it, yeah. it's not like a long show you've got maybe 30 40 minutes at best and maybe a lot of the longer the headline yeah. and it's just very to do three were they on one after each other or um, yeah they were and it was a bit of a baptism of fire because it was Damn rental awesome. kits it Jesus. was rental kits every day there was, they were basically tour unbreakables so so to, for those who maybe uninitiated a rental kit is somewhere where you will you will email or whatever a company you will say okay this is the spec that I want you list the spec and the best way I can explain to someone who doesn't do that type of thing is, you know when you go for your uh, Asda shop and you do your thing on Asda, yeah. and you go, I want, uh, I want carrots, peas, some chips, I don't know, and uh, some suntan lotion and a box of cornflakes. And then when you get it, they go, well, we couldn't get you any cornflakes, so we've switched to with a roast chicken. And it's, it's like that. It that you'll, put a, you'll put a list and you go, okay, I'm on it, you know, uh, whatever it is. Uh, and then when you get there, it's never... It's never exactly that, is it? No, uh, it's like it was trying to find the rental kit each day. I was turning up to a different yeah. festival. I was like, right, where's the gear that we're using today and what state is it in and what yeah. do we need to fix? Or Does that a period of assessment? Because back, backstage is just a, a mountain of black cases and flight cases and you've yeah. got to find the one that's spray paint with the company that you've used or whatever it may be. And then you've got to find, and then you've got to, you'd, like you say, you've got to assess it. Imagine yeah. buying a car and you go around and kick the tires and all that. So you have to do that whenever you can pull the top yeah. out. You'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, oh no, yeah. the kicks fucked, and you, and you have that's a real baptism. For three, was yeah. it three similar setups as well, or um, did you have one? It was, it was. There were metal drummers. It was, right. um, it was Therian in okay. Flames and Dimmu Borgir. Okay, so it's all metal guys. Sure. And, um, um, yeah, double bass drum kits. Yes, really complex cymbal setups. Each, you know, each of the three drummers had complex cymbal setups on both yeah. sides of the kit. I had to remember all that. Wow, and make sure it was roughly right. With uh, three separate drum mats and stuff, and the, the whole no, thing. Yeah, nothing was spiked out. It was just like uh, yeah. spiking out. I was, I was because every so often I, I, I think that everybody knows some of these things, but something that spiked out is so you'll have like a, a mat. And you'll have that coloured gaffer tape. It'll be like you know orange, whatever it is. And you'll kind of mark where these positions are. And the best way I can explain it to someone who hasn't maybe done that before. I'm speaking to a friend who's a drum tech on a couple of podcasts ago, Alex. And um, it, it, every drum kit's completely personal. A guitar you can hand around the room, and people can pretty much make a song out of it and do the play notes. But with a drum kit, everything's their choice. There's yeah. no, there's no real stock. I mean, essentially, the kick at the front mainly, but so that's not even always yeah, the case. It's true. And every single one has their own identity. Now I've seen in Flames as, uh, I've seen their kit. That's yeah. a, that's an insane setup. But that so was, yeah, that was way back. That was like late nineties. So that yeah. was, and is it Anders? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were really nice guys and lovely. And and is that like so? Then were they on three in a row? Then were you were you or did you get a break? Or I think I got a little break. I can't remember. But wow. yeah, it was, that's a it tough was old show. That <laughs> yeah, like. as a first as a first gig drum tech in that that's was pretty tough. insane. How much did you fuck up? How much did you get? Because um, I oh. I messed up a ton of stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's just a case of covering it, like, you know, yeah. just going, okay, well, that's not going to work, you know? Yeah. Um, especially flying in, doing doing festival shows. Yeah. People that don't understand it. Once you, once you do a show, say you do a 30-day show, uh, 30 dates, you can kind of, you get it to it's like a machine. Day sort of three or four, everybody pretty knows what, and then you're just dealing with environmental issues yeah. so much as they're yeah. like you know well it's raining so the roof's leaking or the stage is only this big but basically the setup's there with a festival yeah. gloves are off aren't you? <laughs> yeah. you're not joking it's a baptism of fire yeah. so 
did, did, did you kind of then see kind of the world of touring? And were you, was, was it bus or were, they, were day rooms or what was the name? On that one, it was a uh, bus. Okay, yeah, yeah. so you're on, you're on a bus as well. Was that your first kind of experience of getting on a bus and a yeah, tour? And yeah. that whole weird lifestyle, yeah, yeah, submarine yeah. lifestyle yeah, that yeah, is? Yeah, the whole etiquette of that was. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm thinking, I'm thinking now that some of the stuff you learned being nice to people in the studio and, and some of the things <laughs> you learned about getting where you need to be and dealing with those type of people paid off when you got on the bus because you're like, yeah. I'm not going to be that guy, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. gonna piss everybody off. I don't have a cocaine habit. I'm, I'm not yeah. a dick. I'm gonna try and avoid. Did you? Did, did was that a conscious thing when you got on that bus? You thought, I'm, and I've got to be professional here. I've got to kind of, you know, went with three at the time. Even now, they're, they're, yeah, they're yeah. three extremely well-known bands. Like yeah. you know, and I can't fuck up. Did you think that, or did you just go, okay, I'm just gonna do this and hold on for, for dear life? Yeah, like? I mean, you've got that in, the, in your mind, but if you make it the only thing you think about, yeah. you're gonna fuck up. You're gonna, yeah, you fuck yeah, up yeah. you've got to struggle. relax somewhat. Yeah, yeah, because you can't yeah. do several day shows and be like, what are we doing, what are we doing? Yeah. People are just throwing off the bus, you know? Yeah, it'd explode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you find, um, was there, was there eye-opening then, working with the crew, because there'll be a drum tech, you'll have, was there, uh, I assume bass guitar techs? And there was, yeah, there was two other guys with me okay. looking after the back line. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. And then was there a sound guy? Do you have a monitor guy as well? Yeah, um, okay. I can't remember if they were touring a monitor guy. I think they had a, a lighting guy right. at the time, what they call an LD. So yeah, he's yeah. the guy that kind of turns up and uses whatever was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so did you find yourself talking to them and learning from them then? Yeah. Even quietly or from afar, just watching how they did things? Going, oh, yeah. okay, so that's how you do it. Did yeah. you find yourself doing that a lot? Yeah, you learn sort of. I mean, people with strong personalities don't tend to last very long on tour, as you, yeah. as you well know. It's like I, 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 I was always told that you, you could be, uh, you, as long as you've got a great, you're a great character to work with, a great personality, like a comfortable person to work with, you can almost be just okay and get by. Yeah. But you can't be a complete twat, even if you're amazing. <laughs> just, yeah. Even if you're, even if you're the best, whatever guy. If you're a dick on that bus, because you're on stage for forty minutes, an hour, their best. And then you got the whole of the time, and it, and you go to eat with people. You know, sometimes you, you you're in the same shower blocks, and so you go on your days off with people. If you can't get on with that person on that bus, it's yeah. it's just not going to work. It doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah, you know? that's it. It's, it is about. I mean, there's there's tours that have been on that I'm still in touch with people that yeah, yeah. With years back, and it's it's a very it's a lovely like kind of family vibe and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. it's mates for life yeah and, uh, it's because I think it's like uh, it's it's like conflict it's you're thrust into these very difficult situations under an incredible amount of stress where you either fold or you succeed you know it's like yeah. and, and you, you're basically looking at the guy next to you and he's looking at you and if you don't get yourselves together it's going to fall on its arse yeah you know and you, that's, a, that's an incredible thing to, to, to get through yeah you know? it's, it's, it's something that kind of struck on once I was, I was actually sat on a bus and we were ready to do a ferry crossing and I'd literally jo joined the tour that day and it was kind of like all of a sudden dawned on me I was like I'm basically on a bus with a whole bunch of guys that I hadn't met from yeah. this morning and I'm going to be spending the next month with them yeah working with them yeah, well not just kind of passing each other working with each other yeah well, you know passing each other with getting in and out of bunks he's just like you you see this is the worst of human nature you see the worst of you see absolutely I mean, yeah. because you're going to see you know especially someone who's an artist you know, let's take the crew to the side but you've got the artists themselves is they're not always that famous rock star you know what I mean yeah. they are when on stage and when they get interviewed and meeting the fans and all that but then you know, you're sitting on a, a four hour uh, 
you know, ferry journey or something, and you can't get off the bus because you're not allowed to, or you don't want to pay the extortion of ferry prices. Yeah. <laughs> but you're on the bus, and you're like, right, okay. Um, what do you want to talk about? And say, well, I don't yeah. talk about music because I've done yeah. that fucking all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you kind of like see, and it's good as well because you realise that uh, I say this is a running thing through a lot of the, 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 the spoken metal shows. They're just people. Yeah, was exactly. an extraordinary job. Yeah, it just how happens that they're famous, whatever that means, and they, and all. But they're just people. You get to see people. You know when they first get up. You know when they're <laughs> yeah. feeling bad. You know what I mean. When they're sitting there, you know, struggling to to work their phone and stuff. You see them just as they're just normal people. Yeah. So then you started to, started to get sounds like started to get your tall legs a little bit. Yeah. And you start to go, okay, I know what's going on now. And if you're a good guy, people see that. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So um, with well, when I came sold out of the studio, I was like, fucking, hell, what do we what do now? Do? It's like that studio had been my life for like. Oh, however many years I put every waking hour into it cleaning yeah. out rubbish out of this place and building stuff and dealing with bands and everything I was like what the fuck what am I going to do now um, and I went working for a PA rental company doing some installation work for them and um, I did that for a year um, kind of enjoyed it because I was still sort of you know in the sort of on the edges of yeah within the world certainly yeah. within that like yeah and, but it kind of wasn't really floating me boat and I was like well I'm going to go freelance with no idea <laughs> what I was going to do yeah um, and I had a you know one of the other guys said to me oh, actually we're, we're a man short on a lightning gig um, so do you want to do it you know we, we need you know we're short I was like yeah go on then because everybody in the world sort of wants to get into the into the industry and goes oh what shall I do oh be a sound guy and it's the first thing everybody thinks of sure. consequently the 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 industry is full of sound engineers yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a hell of a lot of them and you know people always want to come into the industry doing sound but there's a whole bigger picture and it's like yeah. you, people are always short of lampies people are always very short of media servers and video guys because yeah. that's becoming a big thing in the touring industry now every yeah. every big scale production has got a video wall on it and it's got yeah. you know, there's media VJs now it's a, it's a huge yeah. part of it like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's massive so I mean I'd, I'd say to anyone who wants to get into the industry research it a little bit more don't just say oh I want to be a sound guy because mm. there's so many different aspects to it now and so many different you know, avenues. There's, there's also that side of it that people want to get into because they think it's something that it isn't. So yeah. you know, a lot of people are like we call you know, I think they're within the business. They're still called rock star roadies, where they like they like the lifestyle. They like having a lanyard and and wandering around backstage taking selfies. But <laughs> yeah. but they, they don't realise that you know it's actually a very very tough lifestyle. It's yeah. very very tough. I mean, a, a lot of the podcasts we talk about depression, about being away from your family and your loved ones, and for you know, sometimes long periods the time two three months yeah. and you know uh, not 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 eating very well because it's really hard to eat well on the road and not exercising that well and you know having all the problems with touring that, that come from it having an injury and having to carry it and stuff and yeah. not being able to say anything to anybody you know, yeah. to do that. it's a hard lifestyle and I think people really think that oh, it's, it's, it's dead easy only working like 40 minutes a day and you're just not you're just yeah. you're just not yeah. um, it's a really tough and Demanding sort of thing, so yeah, Sam. It seems seems easy, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll just sit behind the desk, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and it's just not the case at all. Like, no. yeah, I think that's that. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, people are like, I want to get into the business, and it's like, well, be prepared for the journey you plan out to end up in a different destination. Yeah, exactly. See, yeah. see, when you were saying, oh, I did this, and that, I still offset to t- t- tour manager mode when I'm like, hmm, you can do the lines, and I'm already storing that for a time <laughs> yeah. when I'm like. 
Well, what do I have an LD? Uh, what about Santa Jones? Like, what do you mean stuck in Sweden? Oh, give us a sec. Shoot, yeah. can you do two days? I know that that, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. I'm still stuck in that kind of frame of mind. Like, but yeah. So we go from uh, that, and it seems to be now you've almost worked the, the whole course, bar the stringed instruments. <laughs> yes. We're pretty much yeah. done all this. But that means that, it, and I know it means this, is that you've set up for, for, for virtually those type of things. You understand another man's strife. Yeah. You know? So you yeah. understand the drum tech strife, you now understand the sound guy's strife you and that means you can cut through, like you say, cut through a lot of shit. You've yeah. seen the matrix, you cut through a lot of shit and you go, Okay, this is what we're doing. That must yeah. carry some weight. Yeah, I mean you know? you, you, again it's coming back to the family thing and being yeah. mates and living together on a you know, in a bus and stuff, it's like if you see one of you you know, if you set your gig up and you're all good to go, if you see somebody else struggling, like either be you know, sound or drum tech or whatever, I'll always jump in and help yeah. them out. And it's like, because, you know, you become that brotherhood, you help, you help you, you've. Well, that, that's it. And in, 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 sadly, in this world now, it's very difficult for you to just be one thing. It's very difficult to just be like, okay, I'm a guitar tech and that's it. Yeah. Now you have to be, it's jack of all, you know, because it's freelance and even, yeah. I, I, I've had the pleasure of knowing some of the greatest techs in this bit, in this industry. Even they're going, I've just had a tour cancel, um, you know, it's two months. Yeah. And yeah. and that sounds, and the, the obvious answer would be, okay, we've had two months tour cancelled and it was maybe arenas or whatever, and then oh, I'll just get another one. Well done, this, the, yeah. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I've had to set this up. I, I started the tour book, you know, last year for, yeah. for this, you know, and it's like, and if people think there's, oh, you just, just jump from one job to the other. And if that's not the case at all, is it? It's not, and, and again, it kind of comes back to the sort of, you know, if you're an easygoing person or, and the rest of it, and it's networking as well. Because yes. a lot of these people that you're friends with on these tours, you know, like you say, oh, yeah, he might be so, so give him a shout. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's all networking. It's all about the the sort of the way you portray yourself to other people. And if you, again, if you come across as a dick, you don't get any work. That's it. Yeah. The, so. the first thing is, the, the last is, what's he like? Not, yeah. And I don't mean, is he good at his job? Yeah. Like, what's he like? Oh, he's a dickhead. Like, and then say, so, okay, well, we'll go, we'll go with the second guy down the totem pole. He yeah. might not be as good, but he's not there, you know? And, yeah. And then you can do that. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, that's one of the key things that everybody I've spoke to within the, within the business has always been like, be the guy that says yes. If you don't know how to do something, figure it out. Yeah. Help other people and don't be a dick. And that seems so mad yeah. that we have to tell people that. Do you have to say to them, by the way, don't be a dickhead. All oh, right, okay, because I was going to be a dickhead. No, 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 don't be a dickhead. And, and, and be helpful to people. So I'm going to be helpful to people. It's like, but you, yeah. I've seen it. I've, seen, I've, I've yeah. seen it happen. So then you're doing your Lampion. Uh, and doing that type of thing. What was the first sort of show that you did where you were in control of the lights? Then totally. Um, I've done sort of sort of house engineer at Manchester right. Academy and stuff like that, where okay. you're just kind of like doing the support bands or something. Yeah. Most of the bands will bring their own LDs in and their own lighting operators because they know the songs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And they've been hired by the band, and you know they they kind of have worked with the band and want sure. a certain look for the show and all the rest of it. I'm kind of more of the, the technician guy right. who looks after the sort of nuts and bolts of making that stuff go into the air and making sure it's all working and making right. sure it's not freaking out and doing something wrong. And I'll support an LD who then looks after the desk and looks sure. after the show. So sure. um, I haven't really got the, the thing of, I, you know, because being an LD, you network with bands and yeah. things like that. I don't really sort of do that so much. I'm more of a... I kind of work for rental companies, right? Um, and a rental company, I probably, you know, are you free for these dates? And they'll send me out with like a whole load of stuff, 
and right. then we'll have to set it up. Ah, I see. So, yeah, yeah. So you're kind of like the uh, the the, the lab will fly in. He'll have his desk or whatever it'll be, yeah. and, he'll, and okay, this is what I'm after. We have this wash that type of thing. We do this effect, and he'll show you yeah. on a PC. I would assume we'll go. Okay, this is what we're doing. He'll send you a spec sheet, and then you okay. I understand what you want. Let's put this together. Or we haven't got yeah. everything here. This is how we're going to do that. That yeah. seems like um, that seems like probably one of the most intense things to work with people that you can have because it's like you know someone's clearly got a vision because they obviously have to show the band this is what we're doing during this song yeah. this is how we're doing this song especially if they've got particularly uh, arrangements that they want to go for and then you've got to kind of help them make that happen yeah that's because it's, it's not always going to happen is it no. so you're going to be like well you want that but it's not going to really I've got, the, yeah. I've got this instead you know that's yeah. that seems pretty intense like. and it's like recently on the Offspring tour we were massively restricted on truck space so I had to condense everything yeah. to make it fit um, I, had sure. to, I had to configure it in a certain way so that it actually fit on the truck yeah. Um, so there's all that sort of consideration. The, the logistics well. battle would just would just bend my mind if there and you've got to put someone's uh, you know idea in place and go, okay, well you're gonna need this, this is how much it's gonna cost, this is the, the equipment we need. Then source said equipment, get it all get it together, and then make it cheap on a budget, so cut the yeah. way you need to cut it and then fit it in the most condensed, smallest space. Yeah. That's logistical nightmare, yeah. you know, that's so there's a, there's a big part of that that the lighting companies will sort of undertake. Yeah. You know, um, you know they'll offer, oh, we haven't got this or we haven't got that. Sure. If we sub-rent it, it's going to cost this, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The lighting company will do it. Is everybody still excited by the prospect of touring when we're sitting there <laughs> and saying about budget restrictions yeah. and, and, and sub-ordering and stuff? And people are like, fucking hell, well, I just want a, yeah. a, a pass and to take some selfies side of thing. This is why... People are saying like you know, oh, I'm out on tour in 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 you know in next year, and they're like, what? You you, you tour's book for next year? Yeah, mm. because that's how long it's going to take me to to spec this out and get this yeah. where it needs to be. One of the biggest things I have a friend, my friend John does uh, is a lampy, uh, and he's the the, uh, the the sort of tires meeting the road where he does the lights and I thought because I, I, I was an idiot with lights that he presses a button and, and away you go but there's things like hitting the light with the beat of the music yeah, yeah and he's sitting there and he's playing it like yeah. a, a keyboard if you will like a, a, but an actual a piano like he's playing it like that and, he, and then timing it and, do, yeah. and then it's a little bit longer tonight so they're keeping it going or the strobe keeps going for a little bit longer tonight or do you want yeah. the house light and, it, and it, it's not just like you know plug it in press a button and, and go like you know so you were, you were working with the, with the offspring and this is like huge huge shows yeah it just the mind boggles where you start where, yeah. where you can start like you know what happens the most obvious question to me seems to be what happens when something doesn't work like you know it's your job to go and fix that what happens if yeah. you're doing a festival and there's, there's lighting problems during the set and stuff like that How, yeah. could you do anything during the set time or is it all yeah, pre and post it's, yeah it's, it has happened everything just went black and it's like <laughs> and that was a festival in Portugal yeah, yeah. I remember it and um, you know obviously the LDs at the desk is like screaming down the radio <laughs> like, oh, what's going on he's like that done yeah. his hands up yeah, yeah 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 but everything went off so we knew there was wow. a massive problem and uh, basically we had like a couple of follow spots on a tower out front and that was the only light he had on stage wow. and he was shouting at the follow spot operators like you know 
open the iris up, make it as bright as you can, and don't go off, don't turn off. Wow. So obviously that happens. I'm running around like a lunatic because <laughs> the main power's gone out. I just envision you just checking everything's plugged in. Is that yeah. so far from the truth? He's like, no, that's not this. Because <laughs> it's like. Anybody that's seen, like, you know, the, 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 the setup behind, and there's just banks of power. And, and yeah. This is why, like, people are like, well, it's a bit of rain, and they've cancelled that show. That's because there is an extraordinarily amount of health and safety stuff that yeah, can go wrong. Nowadays, yeah. How much yeah. training did you get for health and safety to do with that amount of power in outdoor <laughs> events? Yeah. Licensing <clears throat> and stuff, you must have to go through a whole bunch of stuff to be um, you, you kind accredited. Of, um, it's, again, it comes down to a team of people. So right. you have like on site electricians who look after the generators and stuff like that. They're yeah. a wealth of knowledge and stuff, usually. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of like. What I deal with a lot of the time is like it's basically like trips in your house, you know, where you yeah. turn the you turn the sockets and the lights off. Those yeah. those electrical trips, I've got banks and banks of them. So um, they control sort of from one light to maybe four. Sure. Um, so when there's a problem, the, the trip goes right, and then there's an overall trip, which is what sure. I did in Portugal. And um, there's this little old geezer who didn't speak a word of English. I love the language like, barrier thing. And um, he, he basically set the, the trip too low. So right. it was He went to a certain level, tripped, and he should yeah. have been higher. <clears throat> and it should have been way higher. Right. And um, he goes under the stage, he trips it back on, and then he, he turns it off again to test it. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he was like, oh. How long did the crowd give him before he turned? Did he turn? Did he get a few boos and you get that? No. Um, what did the band kind of make, make do? No, the, the band carried on. That's uh, uh, your yeah, for yeah, you, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's it. They carried on, and it was just in the dark, and then uh, everything comes back on. Yeah. And obviously, you're waiting for sort of networks to re restart and lamps to restart and all the rest of it so things mm. are coming back online and it feels like an absolute yeah that couple of seconds when someone's shouting at you but it's yeah, like, yeah. you know you, you deal with it because this is the other thing they did like you're going out overseas so you go to a place where you've got to do all these things where we said you've got to get on with someone explain you know, complicated setups and complicated bits and pieces and they sometimes don't even speak your language and, yeah. and they want to, I'm sure they want to and, and I'd love to be fluent in various languages but there's, there's sometimes there's that like, you know, I don't know just a lot yeah. of pointing, yeah, a lot that's of it. shouting and yeah. you just kind of get to where you need to be and it's, to, it's, it's I, I think it's probably the only business in the world that kind of really has that where it's that Madness that, that somehow it's like falling down a set of stairs and landing on your feet yeah, it, it has to happen it yeah, has yeah. to happen, doesn't it? so then Working with like someone like the offspring, where it's it's massive. How much prep time was there for that? Going 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 to that is that quite a bit? Then um, I got three days in London. Wow! Um, and I've got to, as we were saying, I've got to kind of make it work as efficiently as possible, so it yeah. makes my life easier across the sure. whole month. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and basically, power balancing the power and making sure that everything's kind of not going to trip out and not going to, you know, um, you know, kind of planning. Yeah, yeah, and and, and for the people listening, three days isn't long at all to do that. No, that was that's of, not long at all. That's yeah. kind of like from getting the the basic equipment like the truss and the, the lights to putting it all together, cabling it, um, addressing the lights. Yeah, because yeah. you've got to, you've got to think this is going to be set up, packed down, set up, packed down. There's yeah. going to be a route to to this system. Like, wow, the 
the, 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 the semantics of that is, is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. About the most I've dealt with sort of from a cable point of view is large pedal boards, and I used to complain about them, and I feel like a bitch now. <laughs> going, I've got 11 pedals here, Stu. <laughs> yeah. What's your problem, Matt? How many yeah. nights have you got? I'm like, yeah, I've got 11 pedals here, mate. Yeah. Does that look happy? Yeah, yeah, it seems to. <laughs> Probably one of, like, I mean, when it goes well, though, as someone who isn't, someone who, who I've never experienced, when it goes well, that's a thing of beauty, right? Yeah, it's the reason for doing it. When you when you're part of a, a small cog in a big machine, and you know you've got however many thousand people out front in a festival, just absolutely loving what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything, you know, the videos working right, everything, all the lights look ace, and it's just being a part of of that thing is just such a buzz, and that's why we do it. It's, yeah. It's just, well, it's uh, all the best crews, and I'll tell you, just so you know, if you are on a crew right now and you're out somewhere listening to this, here's how you know if you've done a good job. At the end of the tour, however long it is, the end of the tour, if you're not on that tour photograph, <laughs> you're probably not going to be doing any more shows yeah. with that band because there's always a tour photograph they'll do. It's normally in front of a bus or on a stage of a particularly big show and they'll pull all the crew. There won't be no famous people there. It's not, it's not about the band, it's about the crew. And they'll get that tour photograph. That's how you know. That's kind of like you, you pass to say, I've been accepted yeah. into that. Was the feedback good from, from, from the Osprey shows? Yeah, it was, it was great. The guys are back, out, it's, uh, they're back out in the States now. They were, uh, yeah. I think they're out with 311 and... Uh, maybe another band and they're doing a big American tour so but kind of gutted I couldn't be with them but it's yeah, yeah. Um, you can't get too attached can you to artists it's nice because you can yeah. say hey and you know when you work with, with especially like you know the, the, our famous the offspring are and well known as you, you do have that meeting hey how are you you'll see them occasionally yeah. they'll know who you are you know and I tell you what you don't really I mean it's rare that you have any longer than sort of 10 20 minute conversations but you learn to kind of get on with them, and it's a shame when yeah. you're like, "Oh, we've got to do the American tour, and we're using our own American crew." Because, and it all comes down to cost. It's yeah. it's not a personal thing. It doesn't matter if you're fucking amazing; you're still going to fly you over yeah. and visa you up. So yeah, it's still, it's, you know, yeah. so you can't take it too best. It's nice that you have like, I'm sure the next time these bands come out to the UK, you're on that list because yeah, you're, you're, you're that guy to work. Yeah. yeah. So what's the um, What's the next things that you've got planned now? What shows you got coming? Because you had one cancel. This is the this is the reality of it. Um, she was we, just before we, we, we started talking, had a show cancel, and that's the reality of it. it doesn't yeah. matter if you're good, bad, or different shows get cancelled for all kinds of reasons. But you're still freelance. There's still bills to pay. You yeah. Know? So what 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 sort of shows have you got planned that are coming up? Anything interesting? Um, it's we're getting to that sort of weird time where it's yes. just at the end of festival season and people are starting looking at booking tours and stuff so yeah. September time is usually a bit of a sort of transition period yeah, from yeah. one to the other um, well, a lot of the record companies to choose the time it's like it's a business you understand this folks it's a business so we're at the end most businesses this is the end of their financial year pretty much this yeah. year going into next year this will be the first week of their new financial year which sounds very boring and odious but the truth of the matter is is that's when they're sitting there going well, can we get away with one tour bus and a trailer rather than two? Or can we get away? Can the guitar tech, dr- uh, bass tech as well? And then that's yeah, when you get yeah. man. That's a weird time when you go, okay, well, no one's booking anything yeah. before it goes back to silly season, which is like yeah. new festivals and stuff. So, do you? What do you do in your downtime then? Do you still kind of is it? Do you, is it important to read up, especially with new technology and things like? Do you? So you do? You, do you kind of look into that world? Yeah, you kind of have to. I mean, there's there's still an interest there, and you're still looking into doing all. Because you know, like the Tartex will go to Nam and stuff, and because they want to know what's the latest wireless system or whatever. Because it seems to be 
the especially for an LD is that it's very much understanding the technology and someone comes along and goes, oh, by the way, this yeah. is now replaced with this box and you have to go, okay, I have to learn how to do that because it's going to save you money or it makes it more efficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you find yourself having to keep on the cutting edge of it because that could be quite hard, I imagine. Um, yeah, you, keep, you need to keep reading up and stuff like that. A lot yeah. of... Um, I mean, the old school, like we were when we were first talking at the beginning, um, you know, like the old school of flashing park hands and all that sort of stuff. That was basically controlled on like a, what is essentially like a, a microphone cable. It's right. like a five pin. And it was, on, it was on copper. But nowadays, with all the intelligent lights and all the rest of it, that's just, it's not possible to run all that amount of gear on copper anymore. So yeah. that, now it's kind of like computer networking systems are coming in and all this information has been run down cat five lines or right. fiber, fiber lines in like it would cases. be for a PC or something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and it's so it's, it's kind of like one computer switch talking to another computer switch and relaying the whole show's information down that system yeah um, and then spreading it out and splits out back onto the five pins usually which sounds fantastic yeah sounds <laughs> fantastic but I remember um, Steve Carpenter from the Deftones saying a story about how he had all the fractal stuff and he pressed the wrong button and deleted all the patches like <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes before the show and you're like it's it's a high it's, I think that, that certainly for me it seems to be the case for LDs almost certainly it's, it's a high wire act they're yeah. like that is a better system and it probably will be much better and the quality of things will be better but it's it's reducing it down to a button. Yeah. It, you and know, that's... It also introduces a whole set of new problems and things and right. things like IP address conflicts and really boring, techie, computer Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is when I got you still want to be? Do you still want to be involved in the Torah business, guys? You still want to be that? Are you ready for IP conflicts? <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for that? Because I had to think with the wireless stuff when I went first with wireless packs and didn't realise that there's, there's licences for different countries and yeah. stuff. Get sent to prison and stuff, and, yes. and massive fines for breaking out because obviously uh, the airwaves are conducted for like the emergency service and stuff. But you don't yeah. think about that when you're like, you've got a wireless backpack, yeah. I just put it on. Yeah, IP complex, wow, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, that new technology brings a whole different level of problems, a whole sure. new set of things that you have to consider. Did, did you did you have or have a mentor? Did you have someone who you were like kind of holding your hand at certain places? You go, look, this is, you know, one of the, an older guy maybe who's going, okay, watch out for this. Did you have that? Yeah, it's, I mean, you, you kind of get that all the time. You're always yeah. working with people and you know everybody that you work with has got a specialize you know specialize in certain things or've got an interest in certain things you always glean knowledge yeah. from all pe- old people I, I love the thing when you when you find someone older on tour older than you on tour um, and the first thing the way you gauge how good they are is who they've worked with. Yeah. Like, so if someone says, oh, I'll work with Pink Floyd, you'd you immediately yeah. be like, well, that's it. Let's <laughs> pass the test. Yeah. And so you find these people, especially these people who've got particularly good likes, you must be like, who is that? Oh, that sounds really just liked for whatever it may be. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, and you know that you can pick up something from them. Yeah. But what's interesting is, do you uh, do you mentor others then? Yeah. So as a younger guy coming up and going, okay, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking this up, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me out? Do you have that as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's that kind of happened earlier this year, and um, you know, I, I always like sort of you know passing on one mm. you know tricks and skills that I've yeah. picked up onto other people. Um, I think that works not necessarily you know with with older people as well because you mean you mean you might have been in the business for a long time, but yeah, you're still learning new tricks and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, and it's it's kind of it's a shared thing. It's yeah, it's not. It's not kind of like poker face, where it's like you're, you know, you play your cards close to your chest. You don't yeah. share information. It's absolutely 
completely opposite of that. Yeah, because um, it's all about, at the end of the, at the end of the day, the realization is simple: is that it's all about the show needs to be good. Yeah, whatever that takes to get to that point is it, and it, we just we just get it. Does because no one's paying a ticket to see you, no one's paying a ticket to see the crew. They're all paying a ticket to see the show. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how nice you are, how easy works with him or she works with her. It doesn't matter. It's all about the show. Yeah. So, just in kind of closing, we've done quite a, quite a while here, uh, which was tough because I was like, <laughs> I don't know nothing about lights, <laughs> and certainly about light and direction. And, uh, and it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating to me. I've, I'm going to shut the fuck up about having 11 pedals to deal with. I'll tell you that. I'm going to the LD. Going, fucking, this is what I've got two amps here. For two, two amplifiers, you see? Uh, yeah, so I'm, going to, I'm definitely not going to mention that anymore. But one of the things I like to do at the end is talk about your favourite show that you attended and I would imagine from a lighting point of view or, both, or any point of view you, you want to care, you want to, you care to, to, to do on it but then the best show or your favourite show you've ever been part of yeah so um, the best show you, you've ever been to maybe a bit life changing yeah it's it's weird because I've been lucky enough to see a lot of the bands that have idolised sure. like, I'm a massive grunge fan um, and I got to see Alice in Chains and the yeah. academy and stuff worked on their show Um big fan of Lamb of God and worked on a couple of their shows took gear out to their, their shows and stuff and it's like just being sat on the side of stage yeah. it's one of them kind of realisation moments you yeah, know, yeah. said earlier about being sat on the bus and it's like yeah. suddenly you sat on the side of stage thinking I've tried to play this guy's drum tracks yeah, from, and, they, and, yeah, he's, he's the, and I can see him he's like he's right yeah, yeah, yeah. he's kind of like yeah it's real buzz sure so then that's show that you've ran that you've been, you've been on um, it, that'd be quite hard it's, um, I'm not sure I mean as of scale sort of large scale things um, the offering's got to be pretty good though. that's got to be was. a pretty special thing it's like say you, you, you're a grunge guy so that's 90s kind of metal as well yeah. and that's surely that's the offspring's kind of biggest yeah. part and then you're kind of doing the lights that. that's going to be a pretty big, big yeah. I'll tell you what one of the things I was going to ask about was the, our mutual friend Mark telling about we were playing there you got up and played as a band with the crew oh the yeah <laughs> so what was that because they're brilliant those yeah. bands when they happen like. that was yeah that was the offspring as well as um, Shane the drum tech he's such a cool guy but he wasn't around so we, we were ready to do sound check can anybody do drums <laughs> yeah I'll be drum yeah, there yeah. you go yeah and um I was like, is Shane going to be cool with me playing this? Yeah, yeah, jump up, go for it. So I got up and started sound checking the kit. And then, you know, we run through the bass and then it's guitars and all the rest of it, we run through the whole lot. And then sound engineers, the front of house guy was like, right, just give us something. And we started jamming and stuff. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is pretty cool, actually. You actually just played <laughs> yeah. a couple of songs. Like, yeah, yeah. So it became, it became sort of a thing every other day. We'd try and get a roadie jamming if we if yes. And we'd, it became a quite a big thing on the tours. Like we'd be chatting on the bus the night before, right? What we're going to do tomorrow? Do you know this? Do you know that? Track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd be bouncing ideas. We played some Misfits songs or something. We played the Ramones, and then we got to. We were lucky enough to see. Um, we did a couple of shows, um, and we we saw uh, Queens of the Stone Age, right? And uh, you know, we were blown away by their show. They, you know, it was fantastic. Fantastic, really, yeah. really, really good band. And um, I just started to I started the drum track for no one knows, and the yeah. guys like, what the fuck? I know that. Yes, yeah, yeah, I know that. And um, it just kind of went from there and snowballed. Over, he was like, that was fucking.
fucking brilliant. I love that. Like I've had a few times where I've got up and, and had those roadie jams. Like because essentially you've got to test everything works, but in reality, as long as everything is line checked to a certain degree at a festival, you're pretty much laughing. Yeah. But you have this moment where like you you you, you kind of maybe don't know each other. You don't know all the bands of each other. You don't certainly know how good or bad you are as a musician. And someone will play a riff, and you I know that, yeah. and you'll come in on it, or you'll yeah. play a riff, and I was go, oh, you introduced Jewish priest, I know Jewish priest, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, and it has all these things like, yeah, yeah, see a lot of that. Oh, the stock and trade is normally Metallica. It's yeah. normally, it's normally the stock and trade. Someone will play a Metallica riff, like, yeah. and everybody else will jump on it, and it's well, what we, we, you don't realize almost at the time it's happening is everybody's bonding over the mutual yeah. love of that because that's. I've worked with people I couldn't didn't understand like language barriers, but the minute I played like you know, uh, uh, for whom the bell tolls, and they're like, I don't, I don't for whom the bell tolls. Yeah. I, don't to, I don't have to explain it to them, and, and we you kind of generate this beautiful thing because he's just all there yeah. playing Ramon songs because yeah. who doesn't know the Ramones, <laughs> yeah. you know? So that's ace. That that's ace. It was a good buzz that. But, um, yeah, so lots of sort of skills come in useful from you know. Yeah, 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 that's it. Just be the guy that says yes. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and, and and put the work in. Like it, like I said, I think I think the the, the nicest episode I can uh, give to this whole business is certainly what you, yourself. Hugh's re- a really hard working gentleman, and I don't want to make him blush here, but he's very hard working. And what he does is is incredibly challenging from a logistical point of view, but certainly from uh, a setting up and kind of the plan that goes from it is is, is incredible um, so if you do see a show if you go to the offspring where they come back over remember that he's sitting at the back there with a fucking billion switches <laughs> crying because he doesn't know which switch has gone out there'll be some guy talking to him in another language that he won't understand and there'll be a lot of shouting and he's doing it all for you, okay? <laughs> uh, he's doing it all for you, and 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 some of it for a small paycheck, maybe. Yeah. That you might get. Um, great stuff. Yeah. Too. Thanks very much. So that was Stuart Wright. There, it's quite an interesting conversation we had there. I thought there was a lot of repeated themes in previous previous podcasts. One of the biggest ones being just be the guy that says yes and or the girl says yes and be just as helpful as you possibly can be and you know learn stuff don't be a dick you know just try and learn things and not make the same mistakes over and over again and and sometimes the original path that your life you think your life's going to take it takes different sort of different sort of pathways and it's a case of riding these waves as you see them and kind of meta if you're not drowning in metaphors there but just yeah kind of just be ready for those changes to happen you know very real discussion about what it's like to be freelance there you know very real discussion about what it's like to be on tour there there are some highs there are some lows and i thought that was really really fascinating so we'll continue this i'll try and get some more guests on i've got some people lined up now where we talk and it's mainly people behind the scenes uh, people involved in the business that you maybe don't see i don't maybe get sometimes get the recognition that they deserve and that's kind of the person that i like to talk to the, the the mechanics of this metal business that, that we, we listen to so i thought it was really interesting thanks a lot to stuart for for doing that that's a stuart's a great guy and um, certainly worth involving in any projects you have and a fantastic drummer as well just a, it's a really class actor all the way around so thanks very much to stuart right for that i really really appreciate that so the final plug the final plug is for this friday at the 10th of august at ebgb supporting some fantastic bands like lost sovereign 
at ABGB's, I'll be doing a, I, I imagine, between 30 to 40 minute set where I'm talking to JJ. It'll be a spoken metal live show where I have a, there'll be a little bit of talking and then I'll talk and then I'll bring on someone far more interesting than myself, JJ, where we'll kind of go through some bits and pieces about kind of what happened with the crazy house, but his, his whole kind of how he got into being that and what, what is a metal DJ? You know, what the fuck? What what exactly is that? And and can surely anybody can do that? Surely can they? Can they? I don't know. Let well, we're gonna find out. So feel free to on Facebook and Twitter. And SoundCloud as well. You can you pick up the show all on there. Feel free to 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 put some questions down. What you think? It's an open forum, it's un, un, uncensored. I'm, I'll ask him whatever the fuck I want to ask him. Uh, we, you know, whatever you guys want to hear, we, we say to him. As with all the guests, that that's always the plan. So that's the 10th of August at EBGBs. And it's going to be a really good good bit of fun. Uh, I'm learning a lot as I move on. I'm learning kind of how to do these things as, as, as best I can do them. I'm kind of getting where it needs to be. I often refer to the show now as people watching it rather than listening to it, which is interesting because I get the feeling that it's going to be that's going to be a more, it's going to become a more visual live show that will translate into this podcast. Is everybody confused yet? I am. Okay, so. Thanks for listening. The, the next show is going to be a, uh, the Bloodstock special, and uh, if you can, I'll see you down there on the tenth at EBGBs.